Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. All right, welcome to Noise Filter. This is Dr. Mark Calendary. Doc Griggs is not able to be with us today. So let's go ahead and get started. Effects on pain management. When people are in pain, it affects all aspects of their lives, especially if it is not effectively treated. Imagine having chronic pain which is defined as a persistent or recurring pain lasting three months or more combined with an ongoing pandemic. The U.S. imposed an infection control strategy amid the pandemic that included a halt on non-urgent health care. Most chronic pain management clinics were considered non-urgent, so their services were reduced to prevent the viral transmission. Now, common causes of chronic pain include headache, cancer, post-trauma and post-surgical pain, arthritis, and nerve damage. The reduction in pain services along with the pandemic affects those suffering with chronic pain both physically and psychologically. And in addition to the reduction in pain services, patients had to deal with being potentially judged as drug addicts by other healthcare workers. Psychotherapist and activist Leah McRouth had a great quote on Twitter about this. She writes, I chose to leave a DM group filled with physicians because they'd gone off on a tangent talking about patients presenting with pain whom they believed were med-seeking drug addicts. It was disheartening to read the reflexive suspicion and contempt. Now, I'm a physician and I know that she's right. Those suffering with chronic pain are legitimate patients. And the American Academy Pain Medicine reports that 1.5 billion people around the world have chronic pain. It's also considered the leading cause of disabilities in America, affecting 100 million Americans. So we need to be sure that chronic patients are neither forgotten nor stigmatized. Holiday season and pandemic fatigue. Now, have you ever wondered how Anthony Fauci plans to spend Thanksgiving this year? I'd like to say he wants to come over to my place, but I don't think that's going to happen. The director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and his wife will eat their meal outside, joined by their neighbors with a comfortable six feet distance between them. Now, the Washington Post says they'll bundle up in sweaters and coats with an outdoor heater to keep them warm. Many Americans are feeling tired and weary of having to decide how to spend their holidays safely or making tough calls to forego their holiday traditions with family and friends. This weariness can cause people to become lax about their safety measures about mask wearing as well as social distancing. Now, that's a clear example of pandemic fatigue. People face a heavy burden estimating their vulnerabilities and those of friends and relatives and where everybody is coming from. It may be too much of a burden for people who just want to relax over a warm meal and good company after months of heightened stress levels. The psychological benefits of being with family and friends over the holidays are worth the risk for some. 
And there are many things that people can do to lower that risk of transmission. Experts believe a combination of quarantining, testing, and precautions during travel could lower the risk for someone traveling home for the holidays. The quarantining should last 14 days before a rapid response test, which ideally would be just before the holiday. And here's a critical point. People should talk through the issues and decide on levels of risk that everyone is willing to tolerate and abide by as a family. Without an approved vaccine or more widespread effective therapies, public health experts are relying on people to use the best weapon in their arsenal to prevent transmission, and that, of course, is common sense. So, here are a couple of common sense things. Make sure to avoid buffets. Self-serve options and potlucks for meals. Get tested, stay outside as much as possible, and socially distance while wearing masks during the holidays. The New Hippocratic Oath The Hippocratic Oath was initially drafted by an ancient Greek physician in the 5th century BC. So, yes, it is a very old document, and in today's times, doctors do swear to an oath. It's not the same writing as Hippocrates, but it does hold true the values of protecting the privacy and best interests of a patient. NPR reports that some first-year medical students helped draft a new Hippocratic Oath, and the students at the University of Pittsburgh Medical School recited the new oath during their orientation. It honors the lives lost during the COVID-19 pandemic and the sacrifice of healthcare and frontline workers during the pandemic. It also recognizes a reignited civil rights movement in the U.S. by honoring George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and more. The Black community surrounding the schools in Pittsburgh has suffered a lot during the pandemic. The disproportionate suffering of minority communities was an inspiration for these students to draft a new oath. It's a sign of commitment to eliminating racism in the healthcare field by calling on doctors to eliminate personal biases, fighting the spread of misinformation, and promoting health literacy among diversity groups in the country. The oath calls on doctors to learn about the social determinants of health to make for a more equitable global health community. The drafters say they're committed to being leaders in the health community by setting a higher standard, and they'll continue to inspire doctors to create changes to eliminate those health inequities. Listen, I have to say this is amazing, and all I can do is just tip my hat or tip my stethoscope or what have you to these young doctors and to these young physicians give me hope that uh, once and for all, we're going to be able to uh, start the process of rooting out structural discrimination that exists in the U.S. healthcare system. We will continue to follow this story. Mutated coronaviruses can spread to humans. Now, The first U.S. case of an animal testing positive for the coronavirus was a tiger in a New York zoo in March of 2020. Since then, there have been cases of domestic cats and dogs also contracting the virus after encountering people that were infected. So, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention created a report that stated that there was no evidence to conclude that animals play a significant role in transmitting the virus, but there are continued interests of animal transmission. For example, Denmark will call all of its mink population, that's over 17 million animals, I I can't even think about that, Mm. after a mutated strain of coronavirus that can be spread to humans was found in their mink farms. While coronavirus has been found in mink farms in Spain and the Netherlands, it is spreading fast in Denmark as 12 people have already been infected with this mutated strain. 
Now, mink initially became infected from humans, but now what we're seeing is that scientists in Denmark and Netherlands have documented cases in which mink have transmitted the virus back to humans. And Denmark's prime minister told BBC News the situation is very, very serious because the mutated virus had been found to weaken the body's ability to form antibodies, and that could potentially make current vaccines under development for COVID-19 less effective. Animal-to-human transmission is also an evolving situation, so it's important to remember that if anybody in the household becomes infected with the coronavirus, they must be isolated from everyone, including their pets. And we love our pets, so we want to make sure that they're safe. How COVID-19 is changing the way mothers parent their daughters. The Washington Post says cultural anthropologists are studying the relationship between mothers and their children during the pandemic. Usually, mothers want to instill values centered around success and competition, but being in quarantine and spending more quality time with their kids has changed that. Now, many mothers are focusing on kindness, compassion, and empathy to give them a sense of what really matters. This sense is most apparent in mother-daughter relationships. Experts believe this stems from cultural beliefs and stereotypes around women being more empathetic and compassionate. With a decreased level of social interaction, parents want to ensure their children develop these social skills, especially younger children, when social and emotional development is critical. Now, it doesn't always work the same between mothers and sons. Some moms find those heart-to-heart discussions are a little bit trickier. Some experts even told the Post it's more difficult because young men may not be as good as describing their emotions. But one developmental psychologist commented that people have different expectations and interactions with their daughters and sons, and they introduce different activities to each child. For instance, they may encourage their daughters to play with dolls and expressing more of a caretaker and kind role. The psychologist also warns against perpetuating gender stereotypes even at a younger age. So this is a fascinating study and something that we're going to continue to follow up on here on Noise Filter. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to NoiseFilterShow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.